Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochulillo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo, and before we get started, I would like to thank my contributors to the show, executive producer Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, senior editor Amanda Steele, author of Ghosts of Me, binaural production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And if you are interested in becoming a contributor to this show, just go to everythingimaginable2020.com and uh, click on Contributors, and you'll find a whole bunch of information. And uh, there are all sorts of different ways to contribute. Some of them are just as simple as uh, sharing some episodes on Facebook or Twitter. And now, with all that out of the way, without any further ado... We have Judy Cowie, or is it Cowie? Cowie. Cowie. And, um, yeah. and she is a intuitive healer and does a lot of work with extended masters and archangels. And looks like it's going to be a very interesting episode. Thank you for coming on today. I am thrilled to be here. It's always wonderful to be able to share heart to heart. Yeah. Um, so what got you down this road? Um, well, I had my first near death experience. I've had four of them, um, when I was three and I was one of the first children they did open heart surgery on in 1949. They had just perfected the procedure the year before. And during the surgery, I woke up during the surgery and, uh, I realized that Jesus was with me. I was not raised religious, but I knew instantly who he was. And he took me to a scanning machine, which if you've heard people say when they've had near-death experiences, I saw my whole life flash before me. And I did. And going through the surgery, one of the things they didn't do in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s is they didn't fully anesthetize a child because they didn't know how much would put a child under versus kill them. So they under would anesthetize you. So I woke up during the surgery and there was one point after my near-death experience where I saw the face of the surgeon whose name was Dr. Potts. And he had such compassion in his eyes because as he started to cut open the, the middle of my chest, he couldn't, he knew I could feel what he was doing. And I had agreed to that before I came in because that opened my sacred heart. And your sacred heart is your creator heart. And your creator heart is located right in front of your spinal column. But your connecting point is a little hollow space at the base of your throat. That is home. (laughs) Okay, I'm coughing because I'm clearing Mm -hmm. for you and I. And I'm like a little one-woman band. So (laughs) my body lets me know what needs to be released. And for a lot of us, We haven't been able to fully speak our truth when we've had to swallow our pain. That's what my throat's showing me. So consequently, when I had this experience, that opened me to connect with the Ascended Masters, Angels, and Archangels, which I've been doing now for over 71 years. And 
the beautiful thing about that is all those years, I've never once received an unloving, unkind, harsh, judgmental message. And not once have the masters or the archangels or angels ever come to me from a place of superiority. So what became very clear to me, pardon me? 71 years. You're probably the most experienced person at doing this. I know. (laughs) You know, I'm sure there's others that are more experienced, but I have put in a lot of years to be very clear about spirituality in our journey. And the beautiful thing about this is, as we recognize that everything in life is us, there are no others. So in our purest form of light, we are a golden spiral of light because that is the blueprint for life. We're a golden spiral of light floating and glowing in bliss. We are all and everything. That's what creator is. And so we are creator. And so what happens is we're floating and glowing and then we choose. We wanted to experience life tactily. We wanted to taste and touch and smell and see and feel and hear and know. We didn't just want to float and glow. So we came into form, and when we came into form, we agreed to live as every form of life that there is in creation. And we also agreed at some point to have every experience available in creation. And so once we came into form, then we chose from our 500-member soul family. And what decides what soul family you're in on the other side is 100% determined by the level of self-love you carry in your heart. And we hand chose 50 beings from the 500 to live a round of lives with. And so then we made the choice that we wanted to go to the farthest extreme of unloving, farthest extreme of everything we represented as full creation and experience unloving to the farthest degree you can. And that took us into earth and that took us into third dimension. And third dimension is the largest dimension of contrast. It's good, bad, right, wrong, up, down, male, female. It's everything extreme. And the purpose of it is choice point. If I make a choice, Gary, that in this lifetime, I want to be kinder to myself and others than I've ever been, because we each pick a theme for each life, then I have to experience unkindness in every way, shape, and form. And kindness in every way, shape, and form through having lives so that I get clear on what kindness and unkindness is and I make a mindful and conscious choice. That's the whole purpose of third dimension. Hmm. And as you finally come to a place that you start caring, because our first lives are as murderers and rapists and pirates and thieves, where we have no conscience and we could care less. And we then start caring. And when we start caring, We as a planet shifted from third to fourth 19 years ago. We did it 10 years sooner than most people think. And so on December 21st, 2002, we shifted from third to fourth dimension. And the whole purpose of us going through the shifting is we're shifting from fear-based living, 96 to 97% in pain, suffering, and fear, which is what third dimension is, into fifth dimension, And fifth dimension is living, loved-based living, more than 51% of your day. And there's no disease, illness, or aging in fifth dimension because fear is what causes aging, illness, and disease. So we've been in fourth now for 19 years. 
And one of the ways you can recognize this for yourself is if you look at where you were 10 or 15 years ago and notice that if somebody said something unkind to you, you could stew on it for days and weeks and months and years. Today, a day and a half and you're finished with it. We are loving ourselves. My guides told me just three weeks ago when I did a master class, they came in and said, Judy, love, self-love has now increased by 79% in the population in the last 15 years. That is huge. Not 2%, not 5%, 79%. That's why we are feeling in general more loved and more at peace in our hearts, even though it looks like everything is nuts on the planet and everything is in complete chaos. But all that's happening is anything that's not truthful is coming to the surface so we can look at and clearly see our choices we've already made and make a different choice to have world peace, to have kindness, to have we're one family. We stop judging and criticizing everybody. And so when you realize that every single being on the planet in every way, shape, and form is a golden being of light, that is what divinity is, the color gold. And when you realize we're all divinity, but we're choosing to live in a script somebody wrote and play a part in that script as a role, but that's not who we are. So when you step beyond a human looking at people, and you honor their soul, and you see them as a golden being of light, that's the greatest gift you can give them, because that helps them remember who they are. And we did not come here to learn a doggone thing, contrary to what everybody thinks. Because we're all in different things. Nope, nope, you don't. Because, see, you're you're pure energy. Mm -hmm. And most people recognize their pure energy. Do you recognize that, Gary? I recognize that everything is energy. Yes. So you're everything. Do you yes. get that? Okay. Yes. So why would you have to learn what you already are? It makes no sense. But we did go through the veil of forgetting before we came into our mother's wombs. So we would have this experience fully and completely because what we're doing on planet Earth has never been done before. We are the first planet to do this. And this universe has chosen, it's a being like you or I living the life as a universe. We all will live a life as a universe. And the universe went to Gaia, which is the ascended master name for Earth, and said, I no longer choose to have a planet in my universe that is fear-based. And so every other planet in this universe is fifth dimension or more, love-based living. We were the only ones that worked. And so Gaia went to the Ascended Master Elders and said, I no longer choose to house third-dimensional humanity on my planet. They're too self-destructive. And the Ascended Master Elders agreed. So they called in us, those of us that are here to lead the way, and asked us if we would go back through all the levels of fear that we had already ascended through and help Earth ascend. We also, this is the first time that anybody is ascending inside a human body. You normally do not do that. You do that when you're in pure light and you ascend. And ascend just means you've gone beyond the layers of fear predominantly 
and you're living 51% or more in love, not fear. So we're now in fourth, we're shifting into high fourth, and we're aligning to be an androgynous light being, which is what we are in fifth dimension. We are only the extreme of in a female or male body in third or fourth dimension. In fifth dimension, you are an androgynous light being. And all that means is your yin and yang, your male and female are perfectly balanced and you come from your center. You're not coming from an extreme. And that's what we're stepping into now. And so you have over 77 different types of new children that have been coming on the planet since 1980. And they are here to usher us into the seventh golden crystalline age of wisdom and peace. And their needs are very different from what we've needed. They do not want to work hard. They understand that's an extreme. And we take pride in working hard. They find it abhorrent. They want to work when they want to work. They want to play when they want to play. They don't want to boss. They know what they need. And they choose to live from balance. We've been taught in our society to live in the extreme of work. And our whole focal point from day one is work. We want to work here. We're told if we work seven days a week, then we really love our family and we give them all these possessions. It's not what they need. You came here with dreams and, and ways in which you want to experience life. And you only came here for the adventure and the experience because you want to experience it all fully. So there's no good experiences or bad experiences. There's just experience. And you're going to go through every level of emotion in that experience. You're going to be deeply crushed and you're going to be totally enlivened. You're going to be scared and you're going to be proud and brave. You're going to go through all the emotions. That's what you came here for. So I, when you get that, I quit my pardon? job or just hang out. It means that the more that you align to your heart energy mm-hmm. and you step out of your head energy, which is your ego, because your ego does not realize that you are a multidimensional being. Your ego thinks this is it, this life, you're mortal. And so it's constantly trying to keep you safe and small. It does not have any truth for you. Your head doesn't have one single awareness of you as a soul and what the truth is for you. All of that you programmed into your sacred heart before you were born. Every person, place, thing, and experience you would need for this life, you already downloaded. You already downloaded all the issues you were going to choose, and you downloaded every single solution. And you also created and were very clear how you were going to wake up personally And remember who you are. So you are the author of your own life, 100%. And you're living all your lives now. So you haven't even created tomorrow yet. So to answer your question, the more you align and the more you are in your heart, and when you're in your heart space, you have no concerns, no worries, no doubts, no fears. You're 100% fulfilled, and you can go for hours and not even once look at a clock because you are in the flow of your own truth. So when you're in that flow, you have everything is handled harmoniously, and everything comes in, in grace 
because you're not blocking your flow. The moment you step into your head and you try to think your way out of it, which is what we've been taught, you're blocking your flow. Every single thought, word, deed, and choice that you make in fear blocks your flow. So since we've been taught from the time we came out of the womb that we are here to work and we have to earn our love and we have to earn our respect, and if you're not a millionaire, you don't have somebody else be a millionaire, then obviously you have no worth. And so everything is geared for us to be automatrons, to be an automatic pilot. And we've been taught profusely that it's next, 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 next. We have not been taught to enjoy the moment. We have not been taught to follow our dreams. We have not been taught to listen to our feelings and what we're feeling. And that's where your answers are, in your feelings. And how many times, Gary, have people recognize that they come to a T in the road and they can either turn left or right and their gut tells them turn right and they ignore it and they turn left and they get lost and then you hear them say I knew I should have turned right and instead I turned left we've been taught to ignore our gut that is your divinity talking to you we've been taught to ignore intuition and that it's whamsy pamsy but that is where your truth is So when you allow yourself to live, I call it living your life as a prayer with every thought, word, deed, and choice being as much as you can love-based, then you are supporting you in creating a loving future. And you don't need to work like you work because you've been taught that you have to be in your head and you have to analyze it all. And that's a lie. All the truth is already encoded in your heart. And you're an original creation of divinity. There is no other being in all of creation that is like you. So why would you ever compare yourself to somebody else? It makes no sense. But that's what you're taught all the time. And you're the only one that feels the way you feel inside your own body. You're an original. So why would you have to justify, defend, or explain your feelings to any other being, because they're not going to get it. They're not you. They're not you. So you came here encoded in your sacred heart with a gift as part of creation that only you can give. And you cannot give it from a head full of fear. You can only give it from a heart full of love. And that's the opposite of what we've been taught. So we work hard. And we're nervous and we're anxious and we're constantly judging and criticizing. And we're coming from a place of being our own worst critic. And we look at everything because we've been taught there's others out here and they're here to harm you. And you have to be on alert and you have to protect yourself. It's a lot of lies. The law of attraction is a universal law. I didn't make it up. It's a universal law. And it works the same for everybody. You get 100%. Hear me, 100% of every thought, word, deed, and choice that you make, and you get it back exactly the way you gave it out, like a boomerang, 100%. So if you're in fear 96 to 97% of your day, which is what we've been taught, then you're attracting 
96 to 97 percent pain, suffering, and fear. The only way you change that is you've got to live the opposite of that, which means you need, need to mindfully and consciously choose to stop being an automatron. Stop just doing next, 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 next. You need to live in the present moment. And when you live in the present moment, your power is here now. Everything of who you are is here now. You're connected to your higher self, and your higher self is the part of you that carries all the wisdom of your soul. And so when you surrender and trust in the integrity of your own soul, and you don't need to know and you don't need to understand, because those are both fear-based concepts we've been taught. And when you stop with a needing to know and needing to understand, because you've got to be afraid to have those feelings, when you start having love-based feelings and you use that more than half of your day, then you create a loving future. Now, part of living is going through a lot of different kinds of experiences. But the bottom line is you created every single one of them before you came in. But what you didn't know, because you have the right of free will as a human, you didn't know what you were going to choose. And we've been taught that it's all good or bad. So when you have an experience, however you view it is what you're going to live. So if you think that this particular thing that came forward to you is you're afraid of it and you're going to shrink and become less than who you are, then you certainly aren't in a position to heal it or solve it or more work through it. But if you recognize that you're the creator of your life and you can choose to create lovingly, so then you ask yourself, how can I choose to love me even more? Because every single being on the planet at this time came in and their mission is to love ourselves more in this life than we've loved ourselves in any life. That is everybody's mission. So does that answer your question? It does. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> I try. Um, so so how, do, how do we identify like these different groups of new children? Well, first of all, um, I can email you um, and you can send out to your listeners a list of 77 different energy pods of new children that was channeled by a lady named Kuala. And I got it in 2005 and I recognize the truth in every single one of them. And I'd be happy to send that out to you. Um, I usually send it to my clients. Um, also, these new children, let's just take a minute and talk about them, okay? Yes. They are very different from their parents. They're biologically different. Um, for those of us born before 1980, and this is give or take, you know, it's not a set thing. It could be 1979 for a person. It could be 1981, okay? But it's around 1980. Um, for all of us born before 1980, we are called indigos, and we are system busters. And every choice we've made every place we've lived, every relationship we've been in, every organization we've been a part of, we've left in better shape than when we walked in the door. It's our very nature. Have you not noticed that for yourself? I don't know. 
sometimes the world seems to, I mean, the world's different, but I don't know if it's any better. Sometimes it seems worse. Okay. I'm talking about you personally. Uh, Your energy field makes everything better no matter where you go. Yeah, definitely. So if you're working at a, at a place and you organize their drawer or you have an employee that is upset because they're mm-hmm. picking on them and you befriend them or you bring in flowers for the, for the whole crew or you bring in donuts or whatever you do, we just our nature is to make things better. We see where something is missing and we bring it. Mm-hmm. That's just who we are. Okay. Whether you were born in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, that's the way it is. We make things and allow things to be more in harmony, more in balance, more love-filled than when we walked in the door. That is who we are. And we came here to pave the way for the new children, and they are the peacekeepers. And we are carbon-based beings, earth-based, which is very heavy, dense, thick energy like walking through mud in atlantis and lemuria we were crystal based beings with crystals and the new children are crystalline they come in crystalline and so they're biologically different that means they don't handle food and the environment the way you do they can't stand the fluorescent lights in the school systems, it drains their energy and gives them headaches. They can smell the chemicals in the paint, in the walls, in the glue. They can smell the chemicals in the cafeteria food. It makes them nauseated and sick. They want to be where the life force is. And they tell me they live in these dead concrete rooms of our current school system where most don't have plants so they don't even have animals. They have no, no life force in them. They're just dead concrete rooms. It drains their energy. They want to be out in nature. They want to be with animals. They want to feel the sun. They want to play and their body's active. They don't want to sit in a classroom six hours a day being fed lies. And they tell me that more than 50% of what's written in our history books is not the truth. It's been manipulated and altered. So we will have certain beliefs and ideas. And when I've asked them to give me some examples, most of them will say, and they'll give me all kinds, but this is the current thing, Thanksgiving. They'll say there was no dinner between the pilgrims and the Native Americans. They slaughtered the Native Americans. So they'll tell me, I don't want to participate in Thanksgiving. I have no interest in celebrating the the, the slaughter of Native Americans. They know when you're lying. They know the lives you're living. They know when you're smiling and you're actually seething inside. They're very clear. They know their lives. They know everything. They talk to the fairies. They talk to the unicorns. They talk to the mermaids. They see everything. And they're 100% connected. And they talk on what's called an inner web. And from the time they're born, they telepathically communicate in one consciousness. They're not living like we do in separate consciousness, constantly judging and criticizing and picking people apart and putting them in categories so we can feel superior. That's Mm -hmm. what we were taught to do. They come from the one consciousness, right? Right. So 
they look at everything as coming from one source. They don't, they don't enjoy and they don't look at things as separate. Everything is oneness. And so they feel your intention. So let me give you an example that we use in everyday life, which is pathetic, but we do. When I was a teenager, I started noticing that I saw the energy of words people were using. And when I saw people using unloving words, like hate or different swear words, I would see all the energy that had ever been used in that word was now directed to the person you're directing it to. And I saw daggers go into their heart. And it was so upsetting because people just flaunt these words. They don't ever stop to think that they're sending it to another person and they're hurting them. And I remember, as an example, I have a client who calls her dog dumb. How hurtful can that be? I see children being so told, F-U-C-K, this and that, and I see the daggers going into their hearts. It's cruel. It's cruel. We have become verbally violent to the point that we used to consider occasionally using those kind of words. It's come to the point that every time you look at a movie, every time you listen to a conversation, three quarters of it is this hate language. And it's painful to see, and it's painful to see how it affects the beings. And I was in a supermarket, as an example, and I saw a little girl being berated by her mother. And I saw the little girl's aura before her mother opened her mouth was little tiny rainbow sparkles of light all around her. It was enchanting to see. And she had little fairies around her. And her mother said whatever she said to her, her whole little aura shrunk and she became this light gray cloud of energy all around her. And I called in, most people don't know this, but there's an ambassador of the new children that came to me in 2005 which I'll explain in a minute. And I called in the ambassador and I offered the ambassador of the new children to this little girl's higher self. And the ambassador is a 12 inch golden circle of light flaming. It's an androgynous being. And I sent this to the ambassador and the ambassador sent it to the little girl. And within, I saw the ambassador start at her feet, right below her feet, go around her in a spiral in this beautiful rainbow sparkles like fairy dust covered her whole being all the way up above her head. And I saw her whole little aura come back to being little rainbow sparkles. And so we were not realizing we are being programmed Mm -hmm. and manipulated to self-destruct. Stop it. Stop it. Nobody benefits from hate. Nobody benefits from harsh, profane words. Nobody benefits by calling people names and judging and criticizing. And when you realize that everybody's a golden being of light and they're all just playing a role in a big script everybody wrote, then if you step back and you allow yourself to be in your heart and you're at peace 
and you're not allowing yourself to be all involved in the story because it's just a story. It's not the truth that's going on outside of you. When you step out of the story and you allow yourself to be at peace, then you are part of contributing to world peace. You're not feeding the, the, the issue and the imbalance. But every time you go into unloving energy in any way, shape, or form, whether it's to yourself or somebody else, you're contributing to world chaos, to disease, illness, and aging. And I really don't think that's really what you want. No, not at all. People, no, people all over the world want to have their families be safe and filled and, and plenty of food and shelter. And we care about fair distribution of wealth. We choose world peace. We choose that all souls are honored and each soul can be themselves. That's what we're here for. That's what stepping into the seventh golden crystal and age is all about. You step into your higher self. You step into the golden part of you. You stop living from the guttural part of you that thinks that fear is the most important thing. It isn't. What It's creative. What is the seven golden crystalline age? And why is it called that? Because we're stepping into and recognizing that fifth, sixth, and seventh dimension are where we choose to put our energy. And in fifth, sixth, and seventh energy, you are in complete love most of the time. And in order to, this is why it's funny when people think this is the only life. And when I work with clients, we're living thousands of lives all at the same time in all different expressions of life. And when you realize that, you stop making it all about this life. And you start realizing that you expand. You step out of your myopic idea of this is it. And you start recognizing the beautiful integrity of like the Native Americans where they make their choices for the next seven generations. They love their families and their culture and the earth enough that they sit and consciously and mindfully decide, is this choice we're making as a tribe, is this going to benefit all future generations? How much more loving can you get? We don't even stop and think when we do make a choice how it's going to affect anybody today, let alone the next seven generations. That's true. So stepping into the seventh golden crystalline age of peace is what we're stepping into. And that just means we're stepping into the more expanded higher self. I am presence of our souls, the wisest part. And the way I describe it to people is to think of an octopus. Okay. You take an octopus and the head of the octopus knows what all eight legs are doing. The eight legs do not necessarily know what all of the other legs are doing. So you've got one leg going over here, one that's scratching itself, one that's lifting its arm, one that's going over here feeling this. Each leg is doing its own thing. That's you living all these different aspects of your soul. 
having all these different life experiences is like the legs on an octopus. But the head of the octopus knows everything. Your higher selves know everything. That's what we're stepping into living from. Not the lower frequencies of judgment and criticism, but to come into oneness and realize we are source. Is that like uh, and we are all of becoming like our higher selves? Yes, exactly. Your I am presence is your higher self. Mm -hmm. And you have different higher selves. You know, it's like anything else. You you are a little bit more loving aware. You're a little more loving aware, a little more loving aware, and you step more and more into the full truth of who you are. But we didn't come here to live a perfect life, Gary. We didn't come here to sit in a cave and ohm all day. We came in here to have adventures and experiences. And experiences and adventures can get messy. That doesn't make them wrong. That doesn't make them wrong. And when you've passed to the other side, and by the way, most people don't know this, heaven is not a place up in the sky somewhere. And neither is the rainbow bridge for animals. It's right here on earth. Earth is called heavenly earth. And it's right here on earth, three feet up off the ground. Your loved ones have never left you. They're just in their light bodies. They're in a higher frequency. And there's over 352 dimensions. They're not dimensional places. They're levels of self-love. So heaven is just a higher form of self-love. And the reason you're not seeing your relatives materializing in front of you is because the heavenly frequency is similar to animals. And animals have a much higher consciousness than we do. They know how to unconditionally love. We're not quite there yet. And they've come back from ascending to help us ascend. So they're not a lower form of life. Mm -hmm. We step into animal lives from human lives and back and forth. So the point is your relatives are not materializing in front of you because it takes way too much energy to go from a higher frequency and come all the way back into a lower frequency of fear. So you may have, as an example, my mother came back as a bluebird for two days to let us know that she had gone to the other side and that she, she was fine. A lot of times people will go into animal form because it isn't a much higher frequency of light and it's easier for them to do that, to actually materialize and come in front of you if they choose to do that. It's very hard to do and they can only hold the unloving frequency for about 30 seconds or a minute because it's way, way too painful. And then they go right back up into the higher frequency. So you can feel your loved ones around you. A lot of people feel their relatives around them or they feel their animals around them, but they're not physically seeing them. That's why. Um, how about reincarnation? Could they be reincarnated and also be a spirit at the same time? Yes, but reincarnation is just what we would call choosing to have all these other experiences and to live as every form of life. That's what we're calling reincarnation. And you're living them all now. So if there's no past, present, or future. Uh, you're, you don't have a future. You haven't even created tomorrow yet. And the past, you already got everything out of it you needed at the moment you had the experience. 
you're done. All you have is the present moment. And that's not what we're taught in our society. And yet, when you do something, Gary, that is totally fulfilling, it might be seeing a movie, it might be creating art, it might be dancing, it might be making love, it might be laughing, it might be telling jokes, it might be creating some beautiful thing. Haven't you noticed that when you're in your heart and you're doing something that you enjoy, you're not connected to time at all? It doesn't even exist. Time and space only exist with fear. They do not exist with love. I don't care if I'm six inches to the left or six inches to the right of my body. If I'm holding a dog that I absolutely love or I'm holding a child or I'm holding the hand of a loved one that's going through something, I am not at any way, shape or form looking at a clock. I'm also not caring where I'm standing unless I'm on the end of a cliff. Then I need to be careful, right? Right. But the point is, when you're in your heart, you're 100% here now. You're in the moment. You're not connected to time and space. It's only when you're afraid that you're connected to time and space. So just so we're clear here, as we've shifted into fourth, now 19 years, and now we're shifting into high force, which is a much higher frequency of light. We are a collapsing time. So you may have noticed that we're only living six hours a day out of 24. And a lot of people think it's because time is speeding up. That's not the truth. The truth is that you're expanding more and more in self-love and you're less and less engaged in fear, which means you're not creating time. So how many times have you noticed that you don't have a to-do list anymore? Or you can't even begin to get your to-do list started or even finished because you don't have the time. And my guys explained it to me this way. They said, when you were in third dimension, you were like turtles. And it could take, and this, no disrespect to turtles, but this is an example. So you could take all day to cross a parking lot. They said, you're now like hummingbirds. Your frequency of love, self-love has increased to such a point that you are now like hummingbirds. And you're oscillating at such a high frequency of light that you can't even see your wings moving. You can't see the wings of a hummingbird moving because it's oscillating at such a high frequency of love. And so they said, you can now cross that same parking lot in less than a second. Because that's what hummingbirds do. They said, that's the difference in your energy field from fear-based living to love-based living. Hmm. So it's not that time is speeding up. It's that our self-love is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And therefore, we are in the present moment more and more and more. And we're not in time and space. Does is, that make there, sense? Is there a certain percentage of people that are experiencing this or is it everybody? Well, first of all, you wouldn't be interested in this call if you were not part of the leaders here to lead the way. That's all I attract. That's all there is. 
There were more clearing. So consequently, we represented until last year 10% of the population. And 90% of the population are what are called followers. One's not more important than the other. We just have different jobs to do. But the followers are basically baby souls and younger souls that haven't done the amount of living we've done. Those of us that are the 10% here to lead the way, we've had the most lives and we've accrued the greatest deal of wisdom because of those lives. Last year, to show you how powerful we are, we shifted 10% of the population, not 1%, not 2 10 And now we have 20% that are awake and 80% that are not awake. Now, to show you how important this is, we shifted an entire planet that was in resistance, in fear, 96 to 97% from third to fourth dimension, which is astounding. We've now shifted another 10% of the population who were also in resistance 96 to 97% of the time. And we shifted that. From this point on, because we're in a higher frequency of light, it's going to be much easier to shift from fourth to fifth and to shift from 80% to 70%. We've done the hard part. We're done. So, so the growth now is almost to... exponential. Yes, exactly. And we've reached the tipping point. We've reached the tipping point. And my guides told me many years ago that one light creator, we're not light workers, we're light creators. We, we used to be the worker bees. We're not the worker bees anymore. We're done. Now we're stepping into our mastery and stepping into the higher truth of who we are. And as we align as light creators, my guide said one light creator connected to their heart, living through love, is more powerful than 100,000 people that are not. That's how much more powerful your love frequency is. And for those of us that are the leaders here to lead the way, we, our hearts, are connecting to every soul, every being on the planet just by breathing. It has nothing to do with what we do in life. We came in as pure hearts. We did not come in to harm. And because we did not come in to harm, it doesn't matter, Hilla Beans, what you do. You could literally sit and play tiddlywinks and laugh all day, and you would be doing what you came to do. It has nothing to do with what you do. Right. And yet we've been taught to just be focused on doing, right? Yeah. yeah it's definitely liberating. Yes, it is. And also that we've reached the tipping point. That's huge. That means that everything is going to start shifting much in much more grace, much more ease, with through more love. We're going to experience more joy. But right now, what we've been going through the last year and a half is we've been in the pit, in the bottom of our deepest core pains and fears and traumas. And we've been clearing that now. And so the last year has been us stepping into all of the feelings 
and the experiences that we've stuffed our whole life. Mm -hmm. We now have enough self-love that now we can see, experience those, and let them go. And the way some of it's coming up is I've had several clients call me and say, you know, Judy, it's kind of odd, but I've had somebody call me that I dated when I was in junior high school, and they called to apologize because he misused his masculine energy and tried to force himself on me, and that's what caused us to break up. And he called to apologize. How out of the wall is that? From junior high, and she's in her 80s. She said he actually tracked me down. I've had several clients tell me that. Somebody from their past has contacted them and apologized. See, this is the awakening. If you look at the planet right now, and if you recognize the last 10 to 12 years, animals come from one consciousness. And they made a decision as a group to show us how to stop being prejudiced. So every single day on the internet, if you are tuned to the internet, you will see a tiger nursing six piglets. You will see a dog nursing kittens. You will see a goose who's best friends with a donkey. And you will see, as I saw just the other day, a cat that was standing on the edge of an aquarium. And there was a tiny little one-inch frog that was about six inches in front of it. And it spent a good five minutes pulling its paw back, pulling its paw back, pulling its paw back, trying to very gently touch the frog and not scare it. And you could see how diligently the cat was trying not to scare the frog. And when it finally touched it, the frog moved a couple inches and the cat reassessed and then spent twice as much time being even more gentle. And you finally saw it touch the frog, and the frog stayed where it was. I saw a mouse in the mouth of a cat. The cat is walking over to the food bowl. The cat moves to the left and allows the mouse to eat, and they're eating out of the same bowl. This is stuff that we've never seen before. And the last 10, 12 years, we've been seeing it every day. This is the animal's way of saying Stop with the prejudice. Stop the judging and the criticizing. Stop loving. Start loving your fellow human beings. Start loving people. Start using your love to make a difference in the world. Stop harming. It's done. Finished. Because we're all one. We may look different. And mind you, I've talked to tables. I had a, a blue pencil come in. Um, who was part of a tree, because, see, every form of life carries the same loving divinity energy. So it doesn't matter if you're talking to the Dalai Lama or you're talking to a table. It's still the same divine energy. That's why we're all in everything. There's nothing we're not. So when you really get that, you realize that every single part of you is connected every single part of creation and that's why when they say you know pay attention to how you're using your energy because when you're judging somebody else you're actually judging yourself when you harm somebody else you're actually harming yourself 
because we're all part of the same big energy. It's not a separate thing. And so now, when we when we went into third dimension, we totally shattered and fragmented. And we went into complete separation, which was an experience we wanted to have. And now we're starting to mindfully and consciously make our choices. And we're starting to bring back all the fragmented parts that we shattered into. So as an example, if you are connected or feel close to, let's say, Paramahansa Yogananda, you call in the part of you that is Paramahansa Yogananda. He's not a separate being from you. He is a part of you. And when you acknowledge that it's a part of you, then you're in fifth dimension. When you think he's separate out here, you're in third dimension. If there's a tree that's been calling you and it's in your neighborhood, and every time you see that tree, it feels good in your heart or you want to hug it or, or you love the beauty of it or the way its branches work, or, but it's getting your attention. The tree is trying to tell you you're living lives as trees and you're now emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually mature enough to take back your tree wisdom. So invite it into your heart. And I had this experience as an example a year ago where I was living near Palm Springs and I went out at nine o'clock at night and we have those mailboxes that are for a whole community. And I went in and I went to get the mail and it was cold. And so anyway, I got the mail and I just wanted to get back in the car. And I, my attention was pulled to my left and up. And as I allowed me to feel my, my attention, I noticed the moon was so beautiful it almost took my breath away. And I realized the moon was saying, Judy, you're living a life as a moon. And it's now time to take back your moon wisdom. And so I sent a hug to the moon. I opened my heart and I said, I am willing to take in all of my moon wisdom. And I choose to use it not only in the way that honors me, but honors all of life. Then the next day, I saw a roadrunner running this direction and that direction, constantly going back and forth. That's not what they do. So I realized the roadrunner is trying to get my attention. So I said to the roadrunner, thank you for bringing my attention to I'm ready to take in my roadrunner wisdom. I send you a big hug. And I felt the energy of that beautiful animal come into my heart. That's what we're doing now. We're reclaiming all the parts of us that we fragmented into as we come back into oneness. And then as we continue coming back into oneness, then we will eventually be the golden spiral floating and glowing in bliss. And we can choose how long we want to do that. And then there will come a point where we want to have more experience. So we will come back into form. We will choose 50 different members from our soul family. And we will be off having 50 different experiences than we had before with 50 different beings, having a whole nother round of life experiences and adventures. That is what the journey of a soul is. And this was shared to me by Jesus many, many years ago. It's mind blowing. Um, is there anything going on in the first and second dimensions? I never really hear anybody talk about those. They're plant life. 
They're basically plant life and mineral kingdom. Your rocks, your mountain ranges, which there again, I was um, getting a massage right before I left Mount Shasta. And uh, uh, the lady was from Hawaii. And I had to laugh because halfway through the massage, I hear my guide say to me, you're living a life as a mountain range in Hawaii, and she's your mountain range to the left. And so when the massage was over with and I got dressed and I went to pay her, and I said, you know, I got a really interesting message. And she looked at me and she said, I got the same message. I'm your mountain range to the left. Wow. She said the exact same words I was told. And I said to her, you're going back to Hawaii, aren't you? She said, yes. I said, when you see us, please wave to me <laughs> and I will wave to you. And she said, I would love that. So see, we're stepping into recognizing that we're all into everything. And I had this amazing experience with a blue pencil, which I want to share with you because I channel and, and I get sometimes 18, 19 hours a day. And the information I get is always so amusing because they told me when I went public for four, over 45 years, I didn't tell anybody what I did because I didn't think my experience with divinity and the masters and angels and archangels had anything to do with anybody else. It was just my experience. It never occurred to me to share it. So I was asked by the Ascended Master of Healing, Hilarion, and the Archangel Gabriel, which is your clarion call, and Mother Mary. And they came to me, and Mother Mary said, Judy, we are going to be sending you only those, and we have been, that will honor you and honor the work. And Hilarion said, you agreed in a couple of years to go public with your gifts. And he said, as a healer. And I said, I don't do healing work. And he said, what is it you think you do? And I said, I see the divine perfection of who somebody is. And I send them unconditional limited love. He said, well, what do you think healers do? And I said, well, I've never been around them. I didn't grow up around them. I've never been to one. The only thing I've seen is on television where they take evangelical priests and they have lines of people standing in front of them and they put their hand on their forehead and they say you're healed and they fall on the floor. And Hilarion doubled over laughing. He said, Judy, <laughs> I'm not asking you to do anything like that. I'm asking you to do what you've been doing since you were a very little girl. And I realized what he was talking about was after my open heart surgery, which I didn't have that feeling before. After my open heart surgery, I had this overwhelming feeling that if I put my hand on somebody's heart, they'd feel better. I didn't know why. I just knew that's what I felt. And so I would try to touch their heart. And if I felt that was too invasive, then I would try to touch their leg or touch their arm. And if I felt that was still too intrusive, then I would see them in this big pink heart of love. And I would send them love from my heart to theirs. I did not know that was healing work. And so I said to Hilarion, well, I've had no classes. I've taken no courses. I don't have any certificates. He said, Judy, you don't need any of that. He said, you've been doing this for so many lifetimes that we have to keep you amused or you're going to get bored. And he said, you're like the emergency doctor. And we send to you the highest, he said, the 1% of the 10% of the leaders here to lead the way. We send them to you as the highest frequency beings on the planet that are the most stuck. 
and that's who you will be working with. And he said, you're just going to intuitively know what each soul needs. He said, you don't need anything, but we will be sending the information to you in very amusing ways. So we keep you engaged and you don't get bored. So as an example, I took three months off last year. I took off January, um, I believe it was April, and then September, and I still did over 850 sessions. So I work with a lot of people. And as they started explaining this to me, I began realizing that I did just know what every person needs. It's just intuitively there. And I have all four psychic gifts fully activated. So do you. So does every soul. But we each receive information a little differently. Like my third eye 20 years ago showed me a movie camera of information for less than a minute. And I remember thinking, oh, my third eye is now opening. Last year, it did the exact same thing. It showed me for less than one minute a video of seeing this entire scene the way that people have presented to me the third eye. What I realized was my third eye was letting me know it's always been fully open, but I receive information, clairsentient, which means I feel it. I'm not seeing it through my eye vision. I'm seeing it through my feelings. So when I see something that I'm presenting to the client, I'm feeling the vision of it. I'm not physically seeing it with my eyes. So my third eye operates through feeling, not visual. It may change, but up till now, that's kind of how it's worked. And it's worked fine. So <laughs> my point is, we each are opening our gifts in different ways. And just because it's not the way Susie Q or Henry over here does their work, please do not ever denote you enough to say, that you're not good enough or you're not you're not tuned in enough or if I could just be more. None of that is the truth. You're perfect just the way you are today because you created everything to happen today the way it's happening based on your current level of consciousness. And if you can take today and be at peace with everything in your life just the way it is, you don't want it any different. You just acknowledge you've created it. You're the creator. You're accepting everything today. You can change it tomorrow, but you need to be at peace today because your higher self looks at it as <clears throat> if you are looking outside of you for someone or something to change, then you are in victim consciousness and you're not mature enough mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually to open new windows and doors of opportunity or expand your gifts. Because you can't even handle what you've already created. So the moment that you stop with looking outside of you for your answers, for your information, for if they just do this or that, then I'll be okay. That's all victim consciousness, right? There is, yes. Yes. So if instead you sit quietly, you tune into your own heart, and you allow yourself to feel the truth for you, in fifth dimension, all of your information comes to you through your sacred heart. It is not given to you outside of you in any way, shape, or form. You just intuitively know. That's what we're stepping into. And by the way, many of us have been losing our memory for the last several years 
because we don't need third dimensional memories anymore. We've already outgrown it. We're not going in that direction. So your childhood is gone. Your adulthood is gone. You're remembering this or that, but that's going to leave. And I had somebody ask me, as an example, my younger daughter's name one day, and I just started laughing. And I said, as soon as I remember it, I'll be sure to tell you. And of course, she's taken back because I'm not shamed. I'm not, uh, because I know it's part of a, a clearing ascension. And I'm not going to know most of the people that I'm living with now, five years from now. Who cares? Mm -hmm. I'm recognizing that I'm releasing all the old energy, including memories. And what I really need to know will still be there. But all the fluff and junk, I don't need. So I went through, as an example, in 2018, I stepped into my ascended master self in January of 2018. And you are all doing it too. And I stepped in and my head hurt for three days, nonstop. I couldn't get it to stop. It was so painful. And Anna, Mother Mary's mother, said to me, Judy, I am you and you are me. And I've been in your head for three days. And I realized I was opening my crown chakra to be much more expanded. And at the base of my skull, where your spine connects to your head, I had tremendous pain, and I realized that's where all of your gifts are encoded. So that's where they were working. And so she said to me, Judy, just allow and release all resistance, which is fear. And I pretty well have. So I stepped into my ascended master self as Anna, Mother Mary's mother. Then in March of 2018, I woke up in the morning and I had this overwhelming awareness that I didn't need beliefs anymore. The more I lived in the present moment, I never thought about beliefs. I didn't use them. They didn't come into my consciousness. It was just a waste of time. And I also recognized that 98 to 99% of all the beliefs I've been taught are not the truth. I don't need them. So I said to my higher self, I choose to release all beliefs. And I will keep the pearl of wisdom of any belief that's ever honored me. But I only need the pearl of wisdom. I don't need any of the beliefs anymore. And I felt this whoosh sound start at my feet and work up my body, went out my head. And I totally cleared the belief energy into the heart of creation. Then I stepped into remembering that I'd stepped into being Metatron five years ago. Then I activated my galactic self. And then in September of 2018, I stepped into the great golden central sun, which is the heart of creator. And then I stepped into being the heart of the heart of creator, which is the pinpoint of creation. I called it the dot. And so when somebody say, how are you doing? I say, I'm in the dot. <laughs> I was in the heart of the heart. And I totally detached from every form of me. I detached from being Judy I, as a child, as an adult. I detached from being Anna. I detached from being Metatron. I detached from being galactic self. I detached from anything at all with any titles or labels anybody had ever given me. I just totally detached. And now every time I look in my heart, I'm the great golden central sun. And then in December of 2018, I collapsed all my lives. They're gone. And I was sitting... And I was in oneness, 
And all of a sudden I felt this expansion of me was so huge. I was everything. And that's the second time I felt that. And as I was everything, I saw this huge black and white photograph, like a collage It was bigger than the earth. And I saw a pair of silver scissors come and cut that entire photograph into a pile that looked like a pyramid bigger than the earth of all the pieces. And the next thing I knew, I felt my heart light opening to such an expansion of oneness that the entire photograph dissolved. All the pieces, the pyramid, everything was gone. I was in complete oneness and there was nothing in the landscape but me. And I realized I'd collapsed all my lives. So what I'm going through is what every single one of you are going through. But you're each going through it in your own way. So I'm sharing this with you so that you will realize that a lot of what you're going through are not illnesses, they're ascension symptoms. Like I've been walking like a penguin for three years and I've been walking from side to side. And when it first started, my guides came in and said, Judy, those of you that are the 10% here to lead the way, you've expanded your auras beyond six or seven or eight feet. And now you're at 25, 50, and 100 feet beyond your bodies. And just like a tightrope walker, you guys are used to putting one foot in front of the other. But the pole that a tightrope walker uses has to be wide enough to keep them balanced. Your poles are not wide enough to keep you balanced. So your feet know that if you do not make your feet shoulder-width apart, you're going to tip over. And I started getting really dizzy. And I started having to hold on to furniture and I started walking like a penguin. So I can describe it. And the dizziness is pretty well gone. I'm still holding on to furniture three years later. And now my feet are starting to come a little bit closer. Still nothing like the way I walked before, but I'm, it's coming in by inches. And so I'm realizing that I'm acclimating to my aura 100 or more feet from my body. And that's how Jesus and Mary Magdalene, who were one soul, healed. They brought Christ consciousness, awareness into their lives. And that's what they brought with them. And so when people would say, you know, I just touched the robe of Jesus in the Bible, or however the story goes, and they were healed, it wasn't about Jesus. His aura was so full of unconditional and limited love, which is called Christ consciousness. And the color of it is golden pink light. It was so full of that, that if anybody was in his aura, they were in instant creation energy in pure love. And they could allow themselves to heal if that was what they and their higher self chose. And so whether they touched his robe or her robe, or they were in their energy field, they were given that opportunity. He did not need to know the person was there and touched them. It was his energy field. And Mary Magdalene was just as powerful in her way, and she did her teachings all over the world as well. But on one on a soul level, they're one soul. What did she teach? So that's pardon me? What did Mary she Magdalene taught, teach? She taught from the feminine perspective. And Mary Magdalene was what's called a sexual priestess. And many, many women 
um, and men that worked in the temples were helping people get beyond carnal knowledge. And so by sharing sexually with people and bringing them into oneness, they would bring them into their androgynous self where they stepped beyond the human part and stepped into their master self. And it was done initially through in, introducing them to their energy fields and how their energy fields affect their life. And one of the ways they did that was through sexual contact, enough to get the person to realize that that impetus of energy of what we call orgasms is communicating with the oneness of all of life. That's why it feels so wonderful. And it's not necessarily about how somebody looks or what they do or they don't do, you carry this energy in your body naturally. That's what the kundalini is. It goes up your spine. It's you coming back into oneness. And so then there was all the derogatory stuff that churches made up to demoralize her so that they could demoralize the feminine energy, which was the whole point in the patriarchal society, so they could make women slaves and make them awful and dirty and all these things because we have periods. It's it's absolutely about control. And so Mary Magdalene, I was part of the Order of Magdalene. Many women were. And we would meet by a lake. I've been shown very clearly at, at a full moon. We had to wear robes that covered our faces. It came out on the side. So we never knew who the other women were because if we were captured, we could be killed for congregating and meeting. Women were killed for just meeting each other. And so we would hold hands in a circle of 12 and Mary Magdalene was in the center and we would do omniversal work and we would telepathically work on healing all of the multiverse, which is work I still do today and have my whole life. And she first showed me the first group of 12 women and she was in the center And now over the years, I'm seeing 10 and 12 and 15 circles of women holding hands. And just like the infinity symbol, you see her standing in the middle of these multi-connecting circles, which is the actually the Fibonacci. It's the spiral of life. So the, the flower of life is circles and spirals. That is the basic blueprint for life. So I'm seeing multiple, multiple circles now of women awakening who were part of the Order of Magdalene. And it's astounding. And they literally would take going walks out at midnight and one and two in the morning for years so their family would not suspect that they were congregating with other women. And so they would meet by the lake and you would see that you could see the sides of the robes, but you never saw their faces. And the way they they did it is they all held hands. And when they were done doing their prayer work on an omniversal level, they would squeeze the hands of the person next to them. So they would know they were leaving the circle and they would know that they were now done. And so many people that I do sessions with, they're part of the order of Magdalene. Many of them are part of the, the order of Melchizedek. Um, These are just sacred orders in the mystery schools that we were parts of. And a lot of that information is coming forth now. But she would mainly connect to the divine feminine and how the feminine is the creation principle. 
the masculine principle is sending out. And that's on the right side of your body is your masculine side. On the left side of your body is your feminine side. That's your side of receiving. So we've been taught incorrectly that as women, we are here to make the men more important than us. And we're to make their lives comfortable. And if we think about ourselves, we're being selfish. That's what women have been taught. So they think that they're here to give and then very, very seldom ever receive anything because that's selfish. But the truth is we are here to receive and then send and share. You have to fill your well first before you give or you burn out and you die. And that's what lots of women in our culture in their older years are dying and creating diseases and illnesses because they've been giving their whole life with no concern for filling their own well first. And not only do they use up their own energy in the reserves, but then they start attacking their own organs. And then they come to a place they don't have anything left to give. They just, their bodies give out. They don't have any energy. They're done. And one of the works that I do is if I am experiencing that with a woman, I bring to her attention her other choice, which is her to start now making her come first in her life, just like men have to learn to come first in their life, but to step into their balance, their androgynousness. And every single one of us carry biologically male and female energy. Our genitals do not determine who we are. We all carry male and female. So we're now just stepping into our androgynousness. And that's what Buddha taught. Buddha taught the middle way, not the extremes. That's what we're stepping into, the middle way. That makes sense. Have you had any encounters with uh, St. Germain? All the time. St. Germain is one of the... um, uh, most colorful masters I have worked with. He comes sometimes in a purple robe um, on a boogie board in Speedos going in around a circle of me saying, you rang. <laughs> and then I'll tell him whatever it is I'm sharing. But there again, he's a part of me. I call him a part of me that's St. Germain. But he's he's a very comical. Um, he's he he comes a lot of times. He's on a camel. He's in the desert. He's having that experience. He's come. He's surfing. He's he's ice skating. He's rollerblading. It's uh, quite funny because he does come in all these comical ways. He came with my last client as a court jester. <laughs> is, is, is there a reason why he does that? Does he like surfing sort of like laughter is healing? He just. Well, it's like he said to me, he said, I'm here to bring you information in an amusing way. And he does. Like I was working with a lady that was the first time I ever publicly shared some information I got. And this was a lady I'd known for five years. And I'd been going to her house once a week. I lived in Massachusetts at the time, managing a metaphysical bookstore. And she would have different guest speakers, metaphysical guest speakers, every Monday night in her house for 10 years. So I would close up the store and drive an hour and a half, always arriving late, to be a part of this particular gathering. I did that for about two or three years. And 
in the five years she'd known me, I'd never once shared anything. So she called me one day and she said, Judy, I want to take a psychic class and I need a partner. Would you be willing to go with me? I said, sure. So I'm not thinking I'm going to be participating at all. I'm thinking I'm just going there to support her, right? So the lady has us and the first thing she says is, I want you both to tell each other what you're getting. And so this lady that I was with gave me everything she was getting about me. And then I turned around and I started giving her what I was getting about her. And her mouth was opening bigger and bigger and bigger. And her jaw was almost totally dropped. And then she said to me, you're getting all this? She said, Judy, this is like a Frederick Fellini movie. She said, I can't believe all that. When did you start this? I said, I've had this my whole life. She said, why didn't you ever tell me? I said, because I didn't really think it had anything to do with anybody else. And what I was seeing was they were giving me information that she was going to experience something in about six months. And they showed me six female ostriches in can, doing the can-can in France on stage in hot pink magenta tutus and high heels. They had their hair up like women in the 1940s, up above their head, and they were so stylish, and they were all lifting their legs like the Rockettes, and there were six of them. So I'm counting the six lady ostriches doing the can-can, lifting their legs like the Rockettes to give her the message that it would be in about six months, depending on her current level of consciousness. And she said to me, I've never heard anything like this. I said, well, that's how I get information. (laughs) <laughs> so that's how St. Germain comes into me in such really fun ways, because like you said, I have to keep you amused. And he does. So, yes, I do deal with St. Germain. That's great. Um, are you able to pick up any energy from me? Yes. So do I have your permission to share? Absolutely. Okay. The first thing they're showing me is you as an Arabian night. And I'm seeing you in very flamboyant, vivid midnight colors with lots of scarves around your head. You are uh, an older man. You're on a beautiful white majestic horse and you're in the desert and there's a caravan. And I'm seeing that you are riding your horse off into the light and you're looking for anybody that might be somebody you have to be concerned about for your caravan, if there's any enemies around you. And I can see that this is so dark that I can just see the moon and the the stars and you're riding off into the distance and you turned to the lady in your life. And they're not clarifying for me if this is mother, girlfriend, wife, they're just, I'm seeing this lady. You're hugging her, you're kissing her on the cheeks and you're telling her, I promise I will be back because she's crying. She's worried you're going to get harmed. Mm -hmm. And so you're taking off and I see you wink at her as you get on the horse and you look so majestic because you've got, you know, these balloon pants and you've got all this stuff wrapped around your waist and all this huge cape and all this stuff on your head. And I mean, you just, you're, you're just so colorful. It's just, it's navies and mauves and, maroons and all these different colors anyway and you're riding off into the distance and you're telling me that mission was accomplished 
you found two marauding bands of uh, thieves that would have come into your caravan and stolen everything you guys had. So when you saw them, you went back to your caravan. You told them that we had to get up and pack and it had to be very quick. And you had to do it at night because you knew they were going to attack in sunlight. So that's one life you're living right now. And as, as I'm tuning into it, your name is Maharu, M-A-H-A-R-U. You're 53 years old. And you are an Arab. Hmm. I'm also seeing you. (laughs) See, this is me clearing for you. I carry a special light, a dispensation light in my throat as a healer. And as I'm working with somebody, that light goes into their solar plexus into their power center and helps clear them on the deepest level. So it's a lot of times my clients get very sleepy and I've had some fall asleep and snore while I'm giving them the information because our higher self says, just keep talking, just keep giving them the information. I'm also seeing you in the fairy world as an elf. And by the way, most people don't know this. Peter Pan is the king of the elementals. That's Pan. And Tinkerbell is a real being. I worked with Walt Disney, Peter Pan, and Tinkerbell in 2005, creating a fairyland for adults for three weeks. It was one of the most fun projects I've ever done. So anyway, I'm seeing you as an elf. Um, You have bright red hair. Um, You have those little fairy ears, little elf ears. Um, You're wearing medium green and you have a cap on your head. You have a tor- uh, uh, like a tunic you're wearing. You have a rope around your waist. You have uh, green pointy shoes. And you've got a striped undershirt, all different kinds of colors. Your name is Lockie, Lockie, L-A-K-I. And you are in charge of helping old trees make their transition. So you go around and you hug trees and you feel the energy pulse of their heart. And the energy pulse of their heart tells you if they're thriving or if they're dying. And if they're dying, you help those trees to disintegrate and come back into oneness and then choose to be planted as something else. So as this elf, that's your job. That's a job. I'll give you a third one. I see you as a woman. You're a street walker in Paris. This is 1970, no, pardon me, 1791. And you have six brothers and sisters Your father is an only parent. Your mother died at childbirth with the youngest child. And your father is disabled. He's hurt his back as a laborer and he's bent over and he's having a very hard time taking care of all of these children. You had a friend whose mother worked in a 
I guess we'd call it a bordello. And she said to you, if you come and work with my daughter, you can make enough money to take care of your family. And so you agreed to do that. But it was very hard for you because you were a very religious girl. And you always carried Mary Magdalene and Mother Mary in your heart. You were raised Catholic, and uh, you took that very seriously. So you went to Mother Mary in prayer, and you asked Mother Mary to help you to find another way to earn a living, but also to protect your body while you were going through this process and to help provide for your family. And so I see that Mother Mary put a cloak on you that's called her healing cloak. It's a sky blue color with gold on the inside. And it was etherically over you the whole time. And you did this for two years until you earned enough money that you were able to create a food business and grow your own garden and sell vegetables. And that supported your family. Your name was Almeida. Almeida is your name. And you are very dark hair, gorgeous, midnight blue eyes, a very lovely figure. And you had a sense of grace and kindness that was really, really large. You had tremendous compassion. And you would share compassionately with people. There's three examples. Wow. That's wild. <laughs> but that's three lives you're living now. That's interesting. So, is there any other questions that you want about what we've talked about, or can I now talk about Diane's book? You can talk about Diane's book, definitely. Okay. Um, Diane Robbins is an amazing medium. Um, the thing about Diane is, she gets information purely like I do. And she doesn't color it with her own emotions or feelings. She gives you exactly the way it's been given to her. So as an example, Diane has written five books, and they've all been intuitively guided to her. And the first book she wrote is about the cetaceans. And that's the dolphins and the whales. And it's called The Call Goes Out messages from the earth cetaceans and it also contains messages from kiko the star of the free willy movies and interspecies communication and so i want to just read you one of the awarenesses and the prayers kind of that are in this book that are just beautiful so hold on here we go Divine bliss is a state of being and a state that we, the cetaceans, are always in. It is a marvelous way to live life, and we recommend it highly to you on land. We are beaming our love to you even though we're not on land. Love flows invisibly through the ocean waves as it gathers momentum on its destination to the shore. We are holding the light here in Earth's oceans and gradually sending it to shore in increments perfectly geared to humanity's capacity to absorb and anchor it into your bodies. Wow. Here's a, here is a 
way that they talk about. Here we go. We are the cetaceans beaming our love to you. Even though we're not on land, love flows invisibly through the ocean waves as it gathers momentum. We are holding the light here in Earth's ocean and gradually sending it to you. Divine bliss is a state of being. So come and join with us in our swim through life as we share and experience God's love directly from within our hearts. When all hearts are united in the one heart of God's love for all of humanity. That is from the uh, dolphins and the whales. Okay. Interesting. Here is, here is, we monitor the ocean. We are the cetaceans living deep within the oceans of the earth plane. Many of us have chosen to leave this planet because of the perils we face each day. Yet many of us remain as the guardians of the earth. Without us, there would be no one to monitor the ocean, and the confederation of light would be without our guidance. We make many discoveries daily in our journey through the waters that help remedy and stabilize the grids surrounding the planet. There's much adjustment going on daily to keep your planet from wobbling on its course through the stars. We in the oceans are in the unique position of reporting atmospheric conditions to the confederations of light. We relay great amounts of atmospheric information to mission control to correct Earth's wobble and axis alignment. These are the things that make our life and work here interconnecting. We're part of the great mind of the creator, and our job is to report conditions that interfere with the workings and the mechanisms of the unique grid system of Earth. As long as we are here, we will continue to report our findings to mission control until the time when you, as caretakers of Earth, will be able to continue on your own. Until that time, we will remain here in mass, even though some of us will continue to leave for our home planet. So one of the things that I'd like people to be aware of is for whales and dolphins to be in captivity, it's like you living in your bathtub. That's how confining it is. So the whales are used to swimming hundreds and hundreds of miles a day, and they monitor all the grids, and they're responsible for the morphogenic field of the earth, which means an avocado tree will produce avocados and not strawberries because they're making sure that everything is balanced. The dolphins are responsible for the process of that to make sure that an avocado tree delivers avocados and not strawberries. So the dolphins, the whales, the trees, and the elephants carry the highest frequency on the planet. The trees in their trunks, and when you cut a tree, you see there's lots and lots of rings. They, it's, it's a circle. All, that's all the libraries of the universe. All the trees carry the libraries of the universe. Wow. The, the elephants are responsible for family. They carry the balance of family life. And so the matriarchs, because they're matriarchal societies, the matriarchs make sure that everything is in balance for the entire elephant kingdom, and they represent healthy, balanced families. And so one of the things about the elephants that they've documented is if the elephants come across a member of their tribe, their pack, or it's another pack, they go in a circle around the bones and they wail. Mm. 
and they cry for that soul. And then they each pick up a bone from that being and they take it to what's called the elephant boneyard. And they have their own place that they honor those that have passed on. And it's so amazing when you see these elephants and they're all walking and going through something and they all freeze because they come across elephant bones. And then they do this incredible ritual of honoring that soul and letting that soul know that all of the elephants appreciate everything they've been through and their family. And then they take them home. Is that not beautiful? It is. Um, how about some of her messages from inner earth or hollow earth? Well, first of all, in hollow earth, inside the planet, and just to be clear, every planet has civilizations living inside of it, including the sun and the moon. Okay? They think it's very silly that we live on the roof of the house. Because that's how they look at it. <laughs> right? right? So, anyway... From the moment of creation, there have been civilizations living inside the earth. And there are many different kinds of civilizations serving many kinds of purposes. But in our particular case, inside the earth looks identical to the top of the planet. You've got mountain ranges. You've got oceans. You've got land. You've got trees. You've got flowers. You've got plants. And they have a huge crystal that simulates the sun. And the beautiful thing is that... The Lemurians were a civilization of beings that lived on the west coast of the United States and all of the Hawaiian Islands all the way to Greece. And their whole continent sank hundreds of years before Atlantis. And they knew they were going to sink. And the reason all of these both cultures dissolved is because they started misusing crystalline energy and creating half humans and half animals. That's what centaurs are. That's what mermaids and mermen are. They're half animals and half humans. That's not allowed. So anyway, they started realizing this. And so the Lemurians went into the top of California, into Mount Shasta, which is a volcano. And they went inside the volcano and they created five levels of living more than 12,500 years ago. And they brought with them the level of fifth dimension. So they've been maintaining the fifth dimensional frequency for the planet all these years. So that when we went through ascension, we wouldn't have to recreate the wheel. We just need to align our frequency to the fifth dimensional frequency and we're there. So the Lemurians became the Telosians. And the high priest of Telos, his name is Adama, A-D-A-M-A. And each of you that are on this call, you're living lives inside the earth, and you go visit your homes inside the earth once or twice a week. And there's also underneath the Aegean Sea, which is Diane's book on Telos, which is about Telos, and then her next book is called Hollow Earth. And it's about the library of Prothologos that is underneath the Aegean Sea. And the head librarian's name is Mikos, M-I-K-O-S. And so the library of Prothologos is the library of the universe. 
all the universal records are in our planet inside the earth in the library of pathologos and the library of pathologos used to be called the library of alexandria and so what's amazing about this is it's open you see the milky way galaxy it's it has everything and they have these beautiful little sections in the library that are living gardens and the water sings to you and the plants sing to you. That's healthy water and plants. They sing. We don't hear that here because we're not allowing ourselves to be in alignment with fifth dimensional heart light. And as we do, we will hear the plants singing and feel hear the water singing and things like that. So anyway, in these little special garden spaces in the library, they have what are called crystal discs. And on that crystal disc, you put it in and you see the truth of every event that's ever happened on the planet. So if you want to know about Abraham Lincoln and about his life, you actually see Abraham Lincoln and his life and the truth right in front of you. You see the whole thing. And then you begin to realize how it's been mis misrepresented and things that have been said that are not true. You actually see the truth. That's why a lot of you go visit the Library Pathologos once or twice a week <clears throat> because you get to experience the truth. And for most of you, that's very important. You don't want to live a lie. You don't want to be snowed, right? right. You want to feel the truth and know the truth for you. So when in the library, you get the truth on anything, anything you want to know, it's there. And many of us are very, very good friends with Mikos, and he knows ahead of time what you're going to want, and he has it all lined up before you even get there. Isn't that marvelous? Yeah. And so for them in Inner Earth, they go visit the library during the day in these beautiful garden centers and they rejuvenate instantly. Instantly they're rejuvenating. And in Telos, as an example, they have these five levels of living and on the very lowest level is the level where the animals are. And the animals are all vegetarians and for the lions and tigers and the animals that were very big meat eaters, it took a couple hundred of years to recalibrate their systems. So a lot of the animals that are extinct on the top of the planet live inside Telos, and they're still alive. Um, Nikola Tesla lives in Telos. He didn't die. He's living in Telos. We don't die. We just change forms. Mm -hmm. We've never been born, and we've never died. We're energy. We just change forms. Right. So they also have a level that is a gathering center. They have a huge gathering center and everybody can go into that gathering center and get anything they need. If you need a piece of furniture, you need a piece of clothing, it's there, you just take it. And everybody barters, but they barter in a way that everybody's needs get taken care of. They don't out barter themselves to the point that they can't share. So there's this beautiful harmony in the way that they all interact and take care of each other. Each, each um, what we would call chore, is done by everybody 
There's no hierarchy. And they have a council of elders. Um, but everybody does what they enjoy doing. So there's no angst here. There's no resentment. They don't have money. They barter. And they have hydroponic gardening. And that's where they get all their food. Now, what's beautiful about this is they've never removed a plant or cut down a tree in all these 12,500 years. They do hydroponic gardening, and many of them live inside the caverns and the caves, and they're all illumined light and they're crystals. So when I went inside mine, as an example, it is a, it looks crystal clear, and yet I can see out from inside, but nobody can see in. So there's privacy. And it, the whole, all the walls and everything are crystal light. And I put my hand on a wall and I can change it any way I want it to. If I want it to be blue, it'll be blue. If I want it to be flowered pattern, it can be flowered pattern. It was quite fun. Um, so you change anything you want to change at any point. They have these tunnels that go through the whole earth, inside earth, and they have these, um, they look kind of like those jet ski machines, kind of. You go on them, and it takes you very quickly anywhere inside the earth. And they've already monitored closing all the openings that they had originally to the top of the earth because they were being infiltrated. And the government and different people without loving energy were trying to infiltrate the inner earth, and they will not allow that. So they have a way that you can only enter inner earth through your sacred heart. Fifth dimension, fifth dimension, sacred heart to sacred heart. And when you meet another fifth dimensional being in that particular circumstance, you see every life they're living and everything they're feeling and thinking. There's no secrets. And so today, now, if you've noticed anything the last 15, 20 years that was hidden by people under the carpet for the communities and populations not to know are being unearthed, right. there will be no secrets. And that's why it looks like everything is nuts because all this stuff is coming out. Right. But it's so that everybody can see the truth and make their own choice. Wow. It's amazing. So they so live we're much closer to the fifth dimension than we think. In fact, some yes. you know, the whole civilization on Earth is already there. Yep. Has been, always will be. And the interesting thing is, and I want to pick this out of Telos. This is her second book. What do the people in Telos look like? We look just like you, although we are perhaps somewhat taller in stature and broader than you are. We are hefty and strong, for we've been on a vegetarian diet for the last 12,000 years. This diet has slowed our aging process to the point where we've stopped getting older. We use our diet and our mind to remain in a youthful state always, which we term immortality. We are able to prolong our life for as long as we desire based on our diet and our belief system of immortality. You too will be able to do this in the near future, for when we surface, we will bring you the information we have been barding over eons of time. This information has remained intact and safe in Telos 
where we have special containers and rooms for its safekeeping. These special hidden places will all be revealed to you upon our emergence from below. Know that we all agreed to this plan before we incarnated on Earth, and now is the time to begin implementing it. It is a time we have been waiting for from below to above. For we work in unison, and we meet nightly with you on the inner plane. That's why when you read this, it seems there's no surprise to you, and you just nod your head in acceptance and anticipation of all this to come. Mighty waves of energy will be coming that all life on and in earth will soon be experiencing. Hold tight and know that these energies will bring the wonders of the universe to you along with our appearance on the surface. I lived on the surface many thousands of years. This is Adama. And I am centuries old by now. By the way, some of the citizens are 30,000 years old. Remember, aging has to do with fear. Regardless of my age, I keep physically fit, and I'm centuries old by now. In fact, the older I get, the more physically fit I become. I have an athletic build, and I exercise every day. We all take great pride in our physical fitness. We are of healthy and strong, and we all work out, just as you on the surface do. We have long tunnels connecting our cities, and we use these tunnels to run through when we're exercising just as you use long paths on the surface. You will find that accumulating years aging only makes you wiser and stronger, not the opposite. So grow older in age with grace and dignity and maintain your physical prowess, agility, and strength. You will find the more you do, the more you can always do. Don't let age limit you or what people may think of you and or what people say to limit you, for you are unlimited. In Telos, we are still discovering how unlimited we are. We are still finding ourselves delving into the unknown when it comes to our bodies. We keep experimenting with our bodies and find that we can use our bodies to do so many different things. We are still discovering our inner strength and stamina, and we are still pushing ourselves to the outer limits of what we thought we could do. So, too, with you. It's amazing. So here's kind of how they look at it. They would rather stay in the same body rather than reincarnating and going through the baby stage and then then working back up to where they were before. So a lot of souls choose to just stay in the same body and continue to experience life with the same frequency of energy. Mm-hmm. There's others that choose to have children and have them start out. But here's the thing. There was a woman named Sharula Ducks, who is from inner earth, who lived on the outside of the planet in the 1990s. And she was over 300 years old, but she looked like a gorgeous blonde. And she was married to a man named Shields, who was a top person. He was from the top of the earth. And so anyway, for about five years, she gave lectures and went around. And one of the questions they asked her was, has your husband ever been to Telos? And she said, absolutely not. And she said, our children are so pure that if you thought and you looked at them and you said, my, look how tall you are, that would be a judgment. And it would be like you taking your foot and kicking them in the gut as hard as you could. 
and we will not allow our children to be exposed to that. So until my husband has come to his place of balance, where he's not in judgment and criticism, he cannot enter Telos until he's pure enough not to do harm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I think we harm people without even knowing it. That was what I was talking about when I was talking about language, right? Yeah. So it's important to recognize that we are the Telosians. We were the Lemurians. We still are. These were very advanced cultures. And I've been channeling the Telosians for about 15 years. So the important thing is, in Diane's books, Telos and Hollow Earth, you get a deeper understanding of what they value. Like they take over 300 years to decide whether to have a child or not. 300 years. Wow. And then they're pregnant. They're just pregnant for a couple months and then they give birth underwater. Mm -hmm. The children are born underwater. So they're born in the same womb feeling as when they're in the mother. And it's not traumatic. They're not slapped on them behind. Mm-hmm. They wiggle out in delight. And many times the dolphins are there as the midwives to make sure everything's okay. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, very beautiful. So the Telosians and those living in Hollow Earth, the Catharians, are over 15 feet tall. So the point is, we are living lives as this. And when you read Diane's books, they're encoded. Every single word is encoded. In Telos, it's by Adama. In Hollow Earth, it's by Mikos. These are pure beings. And so as you're reading the words, you're being downloaded, activated, and initiated to remember who you are in your fifth dimensional self as these higher vibrational beings. And what's beautiful about Diane's books, I call them the never-ending stories. Because when you read a book, let's say you read Telos today, and then 10 years from now, you decide to reread it. 10 years from now, it will download, activate, and initiate what you're ready for 10 years later. It goes with you wherever you're at. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yes. (laughs) Right? That's great. That's why I call them the never-ending stories, right? (laughs) So her fourth book is called Tree Talk. And, you know, trees, this is some of the things that trees have presented to me, which is at some point just goes into my heart and I weep. Um, There was a psychic that interviewed animal, uh, pardon me, plants. And anyway, she went to this woman called her and said, I have this tree in the middle of my property that's all by itself for years. And it's occurred to me that maybe it's lonely so that I could plant other trees around it so it would have a tree family. So she said, could you please ask the tree if this would be something it would like? So the psychic went to the tree and told the tree what the woman said. And the tree started laughing uproariously. And when it stopped laughing, the tree said to her, oh, sweetheart, Nothing could be further from the truth. In our root system, those are our hands. Mm -hmm. 
and we hold hands with every single member of our family underneath the earth all over the planet. We're always in contact with every member of our family. It doesn't have anything to do with what's on top of the world. It's underneath through our root system. We hold hands. Is that not beautiful? It is. And the trees have said to me, you know, when our leaves are shimmering in the wind, we're dancing. <laughs> and when we move our branches to the wind, we're dancing. Mm -hmm. And then I had a tree say to me, this was the one that became the blue pencil, which is so touching. This tree said, you know, I lived a life and I'm living a life um, as an absolutely luscious, full, beautiful tree. And I lived a full life. I was taller than a lot of trees. And I was so happy that in my trunk, I had these little hollow spaces that little woodland creatures could live with their families. And it said, and I delighted when the children would come around and they'd play under me and they'd lean up against me because I was something they enjoyed and they felt loved by me. And so I lived this life for many, many years. And then I started decaying and I started becoming a dying tree. And it said, so when they cut me up, they took some of the logs from me and they made pencils. And it said, and I am now a blue pencil. And I delight in being a blue pencil at this point in my life because I am helping a three-year-old little girl who is the purest heart to learn how to communicate with people through the written word. And it said, she will uh, someday become a very famous poet and author. But at not this point, she's three years old, and I am the color blue, and I am her blue pencil. And I get to help her every day to develop her abilities to communicate effectively so she will be able to share with the world the beautiful stories that she has to share. And it said, and for me all day to be in the energy of this sweet child who does nothing but love, and I'm in her fingers, and she looks to me as her instrument, is the greatest feeling in the world. And it said, and I could not have imagined that blooming as a tree could be topped by being a pencil for a three-year-old little girl, but it is. And it said, and as long as my lead lasts, I am here to help her. And I delight in every moment of it. And every part of me is loved and cherished by this sweet girl. How could I not be delighted with life and feel eternally grateful that I've been this full luscious tree and I've extended my life into being a blue pencil for the most beautiful child in the world to me? And he said, and while I am a pencil, I nudge her and leave messages for her to her heart so that she gets and understands things that you can only communicate through the heart. And I am her guide. And I love it. I had tears streaming down my face as I was giving this message. The woman receiving it had tears down her face. And we just were sharing a very intimate moment from a tree. How much more beautiful can it get? Great. And no, I don't know anybody else who's ever channeled a blue pencil, I but it's, I did. 
it's cool though because it you know everything's connected and That's it seems right. like it, it it never ends nope it doesn't we're immortal so here is the secret to immortality told to you by the tree <laughs> we are the elementals living in peace is a secret to gaining immortality and we invite you to try it. You would enjoy it. No clamor, no wars, no hardships, just pure delight and joy in each moment of each day. And it lasts forever. This is the secret of life. It is so simple once discovered. Just live in peace with one another and you will have everything you could ever dream of. So strive to live peacefully with each other and start your biological family and then spread your love out to your community, and then to your nation, and then to the whole earth. Our cells radiate our light, and it is very visible to the eyes. Once you are living in a peaceful state, you will be radiating this light from within yourselves, and this light will encompass all around you, and you will light up the earth for all to witness. And then there will form a great conclave of beings from all of nature's kingdoms, who will celebrate your climb into light for regaining your light status. What a moment in time. You will achieve this, this we know. But why take so long? Do it now. It can happen in the twinkling of an eye, since time does not exist. Just make up your mind that you intend to live in peace, as all of nature does. And the whole universe will support your intention. It is not a mystery. It is your intention. It is simple, isn't it? It is only your governments who have purposely made it so complicated by devising wars to entangle and control you, for they know that in peaceful conditions, you would rise in consciousness and find yourself and merge with your higher self, thus gaining your immortality. And this would put them out of business and they would lose their hold on you. You do this by being the peace you wish to create and spreading it out to all around you. Could it not be more simple? As you rise in consciousness, you will find that most mysteries in life have simple solutions. Whatever you want to achieve, just be that achievement, and it will effortlessly come to you because you are already radiating that frequency of what you want to attain. So it has to come to you once you have identified with it as you. It has nowhere else to go but you. It's vibration that matches yours. Simple, yes? So you have to become actresses and actors, don't you? You have to play and live the part you want to create in your role on the screen of your life. And is your life and you are the actors. So play your part well and your dreams will come true. It is only up to you. No one can fill in for you. Play your part on the screen of life. Only you can. So dream your life away and we elementals do. And it is the quickest route to immortality. We await you there. Is that not beautiful? It is. So now I want to share with you from her fifth book, which is called Messages from the Crystal Kingdom. And here is a message from Gaia. That is the Ascended Master name of Mother Earth. Okay, here we go. I am the Earth. I am the Lamb. I am the Earth. I work with Pan. Now remember, that's Peter Pan. I love your touch. Come bear your feet. Come walk with me. I am all you see. I am every tree. And before man, I was golden sand. 
My soil was rich. My mountains glowed. All my rivers overflowed with fish, and all the land was very rich. The soil sparkled, was clear and soft. You could see through the mountains. They were crystal clear. The pebbles sparkled when you held them near. Your heart would pulsate if you could see how all earth would bow to thee. Purity reigned before man came and extracted gold from her veins. I am the earth and I am alive. I am the elementals and I will thrive. I will be free. I will be clean. I will again provide everything. Just call to me, for I hear my elementals are very, very near. Mm. The mountain calls. This is Mount Shasta, California. I am your mountain, sweet and steep. Just step on me. We love goes deep. My spine is strong. It goes down deep. I am a mountain. It never sleeps. So call to me. I'm always awake. Just a beat of the heart is all it takes. Through time's an illusion, if we just wait, it will erase all life's mistakes. It will erase all the scars and heal the pain, for it is my love that remains the same. Always flowing out to you. Just focus on me. I'll see you through. Summer or winter, the seasons don't matter. It's my love that prevails when the rain clouds scatter. No doors to open, no locks to pick, just a higher vibration for a dimensional shift. Nothing to look for, nowhere to go, just a melody to feel the flow. Into the heart where I am, just listen and you will hear my call. Focus on me and you will see I can take you into eternity. Where you will see where you're not alone and just open your eyes to the place called home. That is from the crystal book. And in the crystal book, she also has messages from the unicorns, the mermaids, the mermen, the trolls, the um, all the elementals. Uh, it's quite amazing when you hear each of these different categories of beings sharing with you from their heart. And Diane's books, like I said, they're treasures. Because no matter when you read them or when you reread them, it takes you exactly where you need to go. Is that not a gift? It truly is. So by reading all five kingdoms of her books, the cetaceans and the whales, Talos, Hollow Earth, the trees and the, and the crystal kingdoms, and all the, the messages, you cover all the things you need to know. And once you've read them and you've taken in and been um, uh, entuned by each of those elemental kingdoms, you're pretty clear. And remember, you are and carry a library of everything. There's nothing you are not. So call on the part of you that carries that wisdom. So as an example... For many years, my daughter and I, and then my step, my uh, uh, son-in-law, leased a house for six years that had a really steep driveway. And the trash cans, I'm only five foot two, the trash cans would come up to the top of my chest. And so for me to take these trash cans down the driveway was very painful because my knees would lock up because it was such a steep thing. So I would call in the part of me as Hercules. <laughs> And when I called in the part of me this Hercules, I could feel my body structure 
and my entire form get strong. I could feel my knees getting stronger. I could feel my muscles getting stronger. And I was in a very centered, flexible, balanced place. And then I would take the trash cans down the driveway. So you can call on these other parts of you, like King Solomon. King Solomon came to me many, many years ago. And he said, Judy, you need wisdom before wealth. And he said, you may have noticed how many times people win lotteries or have family inheritances, and they're not prepared with wisdom to how to handle it. And within two years, they're in worse shape than they were before they got all this money. And so he said, you need wisdom before wealth. You need to be wisely wealthy. Mm -hmm. You need to handle your finances and your resources so that they grow and take care of and help more people. And that is a responsibility you have with any resource that you use. You have the responsibility to make it grow if it can benefit life. So he said, it doesn't help to hoard. It doesn't help to to constantly think lack because you're not sharing. So he said, you want to be wisely wealthy. And I remember tears flowing down my face thinking, that's a huge answer to so many of us struggling is it's not about acquiring it's about sharing right. and making making more of what you have to assist more souls is that not beautiful very much it is and it's true because it does remind me of that old saying like um the more you give the more you'll receive yes But the bottom line is, we are here to share. We are not here to hoard. We're not here to have some have and some have not. In third dimension, that was the largest dimension of contrast. It served its purpose. In fourth dimension, we've been stepping into a much higher frequency of light. And in fifth, you are not so obsessed with the exterior. You understand it's just a suit of clothes you've been in to help you have a life. And you're not attached to all the things outside of you. You understand they're all a part of you. Mm -hmm. And so every time, and as I said, you live your life as a living prayer, which I've been doing now for many years. And I recognized and was taught by a man named Ernest Holmes when I was seven years old. And he was a founder of Church of Religious Science, Science of Mind. And how each of us have on our hand a list of four or five people that have helped us become who we are. And for me, Ernest Holmes was one of those beings. And Ernest was one of the most humblest, honest, authentic people I've ever met. He lived what he presented. There was no inaccuracies. And he loved everybody. And he was so interested in what you thought about anything he shared. He didn't come from... I am this great being that gets to know all this. He came from, what do you think about such and such and so forth? And I was a three-year-old child hearing him guest speak at the Reseda Walk-In Theater in 1953. And he was talking about communicating with a fly. And he said, you know, my wife and I came to stay with a dear friend. So we would be here this morning to share in our talk with each other. 
And he said, and I went in the bathroom to shave and there was a fly buzzing all around me. And he said, I said to the fly, if you would be kind enough to just sit on the end of the sink and give me 20 minutes to shave and get ready for the day, I will give you the bathroom for the whole day. And he said, because see, the fly carries the same divine intelligence you do. So he said, interestingly enough, the fly went and sat on the end of the sink and was quiet for the entire 20 minutes. He (laughs) said the next morning, this morning, when I went in the bathroom, there was a fly sitting very quietly on the side of the sink, giving me my 20 minutes. He said, now let me share something with you. He said, I am a man that's going into my 70s and I've had a long life. He said, flies only live a couple of days. So who was the more gracious being? How about that? And then he would say something and he'd laugh and he'd say, wow, I wish I would have thought of that. And then I realized years later he was channeling. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, he's just in the marvelous thing. Well, what he shared with me was, and I was seven and he said, Judy, he said, you can either have a flower garden or a weed patch and you're the gardener of your own mind. And he said, most people choose. And weeds to every flower. That was his way of saying most people choose to be negative 10 times more than positive. And I found that to be true. And so he said, you want to keep your garden alive and flourishing. You don't want the weeds to come in and kill your ideas and your, your beliefs and your imagination and, and your creativity. Because that all comes with your mind and your heart. And he said, every thought you think, every feeling that you have, every choice that you make, and every word that you speak affects every form of life through infinity. And you are held accountable for it when you pass. Every single one. And so I had gone to him and I had presented to him the idea of this little boy that I read in National Geographic. And he, every day, was responsible for getting two buckets of water for his family. This was in Africa. And he'd walk in the bare sand all morning, get up early before anybody else, walk in the sand to go get one bucket of water to bring back to his family for breakfast and lunch. And then he would eat, and he'd turn right around and start walking back again to go get the second bucket of water for their dinner and to wash up. And I was seven years old at the time when Ernest was presenting this to me. And I was saying to him, I get to play, and I have a bike and toys and roller skate, and I have board games and friends to play with. And this little boy, his whole life, if he doesn't get to play, he doesn't have fun, he doesn't get to run around, his whole life is getting two buckets of water every day. And so Ernest started explaining to me about the flower garden in your mind. And he said, I want you to think of it this way. He said, every time you think a thought, have a feeling, speak a word, or make a choice, it's affecting that little boy in Africa. And don't you think that his load is heavy enough. He doesn't need more sadness or more unkindness or more judgment or criticism. Do you agree? I said, absolutely. He said, so send love to that little boy and know that everybody else will get it too. And I remember sitting there thinking, 
very clearly with tears streaming down my face that we're all connected. And what we do in our energy field affects every form of life. That's what he was saying to me. That hasn't changed. So as a teenager, I made two choices. One was I would put everything through my heart chakra that I re- when I would remember and say it to the person the way I would like to have had it said to me. The second choice I made was I noticed that the smarter we are, the faster our mind works and our mouth can't keep up with our mind. So we start talking more faster, more fast. Have you not noticed that, Gary? Yes, I definitely have. Yes. So I made the decision to slow my speech way down so that I was mindfully and consciously choosing and aware of where I was so that I could make a difference in living authentically and as truthfully as I possibly could. So I made this decision when I was like 17 or 18, not knowing it was a fifth dimensional choice. And so I've had people over the years say, why do you speak so slowly? And I said, because I'm hearing every word you say, and I'm with you 100%. I'm not in my head thinking about anything else. I'm right here. And I'm responding to you truthfully because I'm feeling what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what I'm speaking, and what I'm choosing. And I'm in connection with it. And that's the greatest gift I can give you, to be fully present here in the moment. And that still, I didn't realize that as a teenager, that that was a fifth dimensional choice. That is a master choice. And that's what I'm suggesting to you. Slow way down. And the last 10 to 12 years, we've been being guided to slow down as a whole humanity. Have you not noticed that? Well, I certainly noticed it the last year or so. Yeah. And the purpose of it is, is to step into being authentic and truthful and to live now. It's not about accomplishing, achieving, or what's next. It's about being here now in this moment with yourself. And when you do that, you are choosing to live your life as a living prayer. I don't pray because I'm praying to myself. I'm source. Mm -hmm. What I do is commune with who I am and I decree. So anything you say after I am is I ascended master and you're decreeing. And the body and the mind do not know the difference between reality or fiction. It only knows what you tell it. So if you say to yourself in idle conversation with somebody, You know, every September I get a cold and every September it gets worse. As I get older, it gets worse. The body has a little clipboard and I've actually seen the body sit and write down and tell the mind, okay, pay attention. We have to put on our calendar for next September that she gets a cold and she wants it worse than it, than it is every year gets worse. We need to note that that's what she's asking for. That doesn't know the difference between reality or fiction. It only knows what you tell it. So I suggest all of you take four postcards or four pieces of paper and write on the word pause, P-A-U-S-E. And 
before you say something, put one in your, your, your kitchen, one in the bedroom, one in the bathroom, one in your car. And when you see the word pause, stop what you're doing. Take just 30 seconds. Take three seconds and tune in and ask yourself if what I am thinking, feeling, saying, or choosing in this moment, is it me being afraid, terrifying myself, becoming less than who I am and shrinking from who I am? Or is this me loving me, expanding me into more of who I am so I can experience more of the truth of me? Which choice am I making in this moment? And until we choose to mindfully and consciously step into how we're living, then you're living on automatic pilot and you're not feeling fulfilled. You're not allowing your dreams. You're not enjoying life. You're existing. You're not living. And that's not what we came here to do. And so as Archangel Michael told me in 2007, he said every soul agreed to ascension when we shifted from third to fourth dimension 19 years ago. Every soul agreed to ascend. The higher self of every soul agreed to take care of all their own needs. It's not your job, Judy, or any of the 10% here to lead the way. It's not your job anymore to take care of them. And every soul agreed to step up to the plate and align with their fifth dimensional self as an androgynous light being. You're not here to carry them up to it. You are here and you can assist them to assist themselves, but you're not here to do any of it for them anymore. You're done. And so then he said, Judy, you don't even need to do healing work anymore. And at that point, I had been doing it over 60 years. And I said, I absolutely love what I do. And he said, okay. He said, here's two things I want you to consider. Number one, only work when you're having fun. And number two, you work under the circumstances that honor you and work for you, not what somebody else needs. That's not your concern anymore. And so I've done that. I've shifted the way I work so that the hours I work work for me. And I will not. I've only had two occasions where I had, I call negative people prune faces. I've only had two occasions where two people were interacting with me and they were trying to control me and I absolutely refused to play the game. And they were so shocked when I said, we're here by divine appointment with every client, this call, we all agreed before we came in to have this conversation. All my clients that are guided to me, we've agreed before they ever were born that we would have an appointment. And as ascended masters, we would share with each other. We would share. So if you're born before 1980 and you're part of the leaders here to lead the way, you're an ascended master. If you are on the other side of the 1980s, then you're one of the new children. And that's the 10% here to lead the way that's now 20%. So my point is, it's important that you recognize that you have everything that you need now. So there's no reason to put your happiness off until you retire. It's the stupidest thing we're taught because you have this moment, right? You have this moment and you do not have an expiration date on your birth certificate, Gary, do you? Not that I know of. No. So we could go in four minutes, you and I, 
We could go in 50 years. Is that not true? That's true. So why are we putting our happiness off until we retire? We may not even be here to retire. How silly is that? And we're taught that when you win the lottery, then you can be generous. When you have the perfect home, then you can entertain. When you lose 25 pounds and you're cute again, then your perfect soulmate will take you and take care of you. It's all a big lie. You are your own twin flame. You are your own soulmate. There's no others. You are your own love of your own life. You need to be your own best friend. You need to live in the present moment, not the past and not the future. They do not exist. And you need to make more than 51% of your day feeling good. Consciously make a choice to feel good. And when you make feeling good your top priority, more than half of your day, you have to be in your heart being connected to your authentic self to do that. And when you're connected in your heart, your heart will naturally guide you to live the greatest potential for you for this lifetime. And you don't even need to know what it is. Your heart will automatically guide you. Is that not marvelous? It is. Absolutely. So four things. Number one, you make feeling good more than half of your day, your top priority by being in your Mm -hmm. heart. Number two, you are your own best friend. Mm -hmm. You are tender and kind and loving and patient and supportive and respectful with yourself. And I suggest to my clients, you treat yourself the way you would treat a two-week-old baby. You don't say anything to yourself that is unloving or unkind. No more. And you are the love of your own life. You give to you all the attention you give to a partner that you think I'm going to get from them what I need. No, that's not truthful. You can only get it from yourself. You can't get anything from another that you need. It doesn't work that way. So when you start giving you all the affection and the attention and hugs, we've been taught to hug other people but not hug ourselves. How stupid is that? You need eight to nine hugs a day from you to you to maintain mental health. So when you have something that's painful or disturbing for you or uncomfortable, hug yourself. Put your arms around you, not a peck on the cheek, a real genuine hug. And then start breathing more slowly. And within five to six breaths, you will get out of your head and critical thinking and you will step into your heart and be in your center. And then say what you're going to say or then choose what you're going to choose or then think or feel when it's coming from your centered place, not your out of control place. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Awesome. That's definitely a very helpful and powerful message. I try. <laughs> so thank you for uh, taking the time to be on today and talk with me. This is a fascinating interview. And I also want to pr- mention one of the things you and I had agreed to, Gary, is that I would help people through a technique called the I am presence technique. Uh-huh. And this came from working with Archangel Michael. And I put it in form 
so that you can email your list that information mm-hmm. and they can help themselves to speak their own truth. Mm-hmm. And most of the issues that I deal with people is them not being able to speak their truth. And when you're not able to speak your truth, and this starts from when you're a child, the third part of the brain in a child is not developed until you're nine or 10 years old. And that third part of the brain is what tells you the other person has an issue, not you. So until a child is nine or 10, they assume that anything unbalanced, anything painful, anything that is really harsh, they are not responsible for it, but a child assumes it's all their fault because they can't and don't have that third part of the brain that tells them that dad's an alcoholic and mother's a control freak. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's not giving attention to the child. It has nothing to do with the child's not a good child. It's not that the little girl doesn't know enough. It's that the parents are so absorbed in their own pain that they're not available to the child, but that's not the way the child takes it. So when we're not able to speak our truth or we've had to swallow our pain, that's toxic energy. And it goes into our solar plexus, which is your power center above your navel. And it creates disease, illness, and aging. And until it's cleared, it continues creating disease, illness, and aging. And the only way you can clear it is you've got to speak your truth through your throat, what you swallowed, so that the energy can leave. Mm -hmm. Well, if you could have done that with a person, you would have. So what I was presented by Archangel Michael when I went through my second divorce and I got into court and Archangel Michael came to me and said, it took you 10 years to get into court and you're not going to get to say one single word. And he told me why, and it's a long story, but it benefited me. I didn't win in court. I wasn't meant to. And he showed me a whole nother way to take care of what I needed. But the point was, he said to me, I'm going to stand behind your ex-husband when you go into court right now. And I want you to tell him telepathically everything to his higher self. You're not getting to say in court and he will get it. And so I did. Then he guided me to go to Malibu. I was the only person at 1030 at night at the beach. And I did a release ceremony. And then I flew back to Arizona where I was living at the time. Mm -hmm. And I realized having people speak their truth could be done through the I am presence, a higher self. And so I've been doing this with people now for more than 10 years. And the healings are miraculous. And it's a technique you can use for the rest of your life. And you will never have to swallow your pain or not speak your truth again to anybody, anywhere, anytime. Yeah, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm also gonna post it in the notes of this episode, so my listeners will be able to check it out while they're listening. Thank you. And I'll also post that there along with a link to your website and a link to um, Diane's books. Please, yes, absolutely. And I also want to take a moment and I want to thank you, Gary, for listening to your heart to connect with Diane, which then connected to me. Diane has just been not well enough for several years to take on extra responsibility. So she's asked me to fill in for her, and I absolutely love to do it. But that's why I'm giving you this information and not Diane. Um, But I ask 
that we really, I thank the heart of every person that's on this call because you paid attention and you listened to your inner prompting. And I thank you for giving us the opportunity to share all this information today. Thank you. This is great. And may you know that laughter heals and is the greatest way to heal. So I suggest we all take a moment and giggle and <laughs> allow yourself to heal <laughs> right. and step into your center delightfully. And namaste. Namaste. Until we connect again. Awesome. So uh, just Have a beautiful on. day there. You too. Just hang on one second. I'm going to play the outro. Okay. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy T-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page www.everythingimaginable2020.com Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. And it's on Amazon. It'll change your life. Because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.